Hello, hello, hello. We've got another episode this week of Is It Still Called Social Work If You're Having Fun? This week we have Lisa Edwards, the director of the Dream Center, who's doing some incredible stuff over there, helping the community and whatnot. Let's hear from her. Well, hi, Lisa. Thank you so much for uh, coming on my podcast with me. Um, I really appreciate you being here. That's my pleasure. Um, well, if you could, could you tell me a little bit about your organization? Uh, like, what are some of the goals um, and, I guess, dreams of the Dream Center? Uh, well, we like to say that at the Dream Center, we hope for everybody in our community to realize they can have a dream bigger than what they see around them. And second, that if there are people that have a dream to help our community, that this could be a place that we could help facilitate that. So I think it's it's so much bigger than just one group or organization. And it's really a lot of different great um, nonprofits and community members coming together to just be a blessing to our community. So we um, get to have relationships with so many different people. The area that we're in um, is a about a 29% poverty area. Wow. And um, all the schools in the area are Title I schools. So it means that all of us have free and reduced lunch and um, a lot of them, you know, their parents have um, some extra challenges um, sure. economically. So we were really trying to help really the whole family to be able to find ways to have access to resources and um, in whatever area that is. And, uh, so that takes on a lot of different looks. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the things that we do, we partner with the community college, do English classes. Um, we're also going to be doing a GED class and, and we'll be doing some computer classes too. And those are free to the community working with the elementary school in, in 2013. And mm-hmm. we did a camp there and we started adopting kids for Christmas and uh, we do like a teddy bear and every um, at Christmas time we go door to door and hand out new teddy bears and, and have deep relationships. We um, celebrate a lot of different things, the cultures that are represented in our area, um, Latin American cultures or um, being able to have celebrations with them, being able to um, know that this is a safe place for them and someone, somewhere that they can come and people advocate on their behalf. Um, also a lot of students that, um, could be at risk of getting pulled into, um, violence or, um, just not feel like may not have as many opportunities and just being able to provide great camps and races and weekly programming, um, just to have other people in their life, especially other adults that have grown up around here and, um, really feel like that they have something to offer to be able to encourage other people. Um, I think a lot of times all you really need is one person uh, to see that gold inside of you. And so we get the privilege of being able to look for the good in everybody that comes in the door and just Mm -hmm. encourage that and, you know, get to have people like you and uh, Brendan that we got to have this semester be here and just be such a positive um, force for good. And, uh, you know, when someone feels seen and loved, um, they can just rise to, you know, incredible heights and just to find out what the dreams are in their hearts and see how we can help Absolutely. help them to cultivate those. Yeah, you, you mentioned um, um, diversity. So- um, and I think that was a really big part of my experience at the Dream Center um, was the importance of diversity and understanding marginalization and the many forms that it can come in. And uh, according to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, marginalization is defined as 
relegating or assigning people to an unimportant or powerless position within a society or group. Uh, obviously, that's the dictionary definition. Um, do you find any any uh, evidence of that in at the Dream Center? Um, and what specific social issues um, might come up with the clients of the Dream Center? A lot of people like to talk about Burlington, that they feel like there's kind of two Burlingtons. Um, mm-hmm. Across town in West Burlington have all all kinds of restaurants and a lot of growth and shopping areas and beautiful, you know, sidewalks and um, just a really beautiful area. And then you drive uh, 40s Burlington and the sidewalks start to change and the streets start to change mm-hmm. and uh, the kind of businesses that are represented. Um, and um, when we, right before we got moved in this building, I was a part of a meeting with the chief of police and he was talking about the, um, just the youth violence situation in mm-hmm. Burlington and um, that it was a much bigger problem than, than just the police department could handle. You know, it really needed to be education and churches and community groups and everybody, you know, to come together to be able to tour and provide positive alternatives for students. And, and then right after that, we moved into this building. And so mm-hmm. Lisa became a real partner with us. Uh, in that they they wanted to build relationships in a positive yep. environment for kids. So we've had probably over 600 students come to our student programs. We have a middle school program on Tuesday night and a high school program on Wednesday night um, before COVID. Wow. And um, so have a great meal, have a lot of great people come in and and speak with them and you know try to find things that they're interested in and help them to grow in those areas that... Um, there has for a long time been a, a real difference in just the access that there is. Even like currently, you know, um, students are on virtual learning. Well, for a lot of homes, that's not a big deal because they have Wi-Fi, mm-hmm. they have access to computers. Yep. Um, but the school district had to do a lot um, to be able to get people, you know, everyone to be able to have a laptop and everyone to be able to have access to Wi-Fi. And we're here with, 30 students every day um, helping them just to have somebody be able to come alongside of them because a lot of their parents are not just not able to not be at work. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, perhaps their some of their immigration status isn't secure yet. And mm-hmm. um, you have a lot of in that regard and um, a lot of great people that are just working really hard and doing the best that they can, but it's just a really a difficult situation. Yeah. There, Time too, we we had the opportunity to be able to give away some like assistance money for um, rent and um, mortgage assistance and uh, utility assistance that um, we were able to give away to the city, and we were able to do that um, for anybody not needing to know immigration status, and that was some of the first help that a lot of people got because mm-hmm. they weren't more eligible for stimulus check or are eligible to be able to have unemployment or you know a lot of the things that that they pay a lot into as they work but they don't get to receive any of the benefits of them absolutely so i think we've talked a, we've talked a lot about some of the like common issues faced by the, the population um but we know that there are many strengths and just great benefits that uh, these population that we serve have um do you have any like examples of 
strengths or characteristics that really benefit um, the population of the Dream Center? Um, definitely resilience. We see people that are just um, really will will continue to try and to give their best. And even if things don't work out at first, they'll, they'll find a way to make it work and to give their best um, to what they're doing. Also, just super generous people. Um, the first the first building we had, we did like an open house the first night and we'd done a lot of work on the building and everything and um, it was going to be like a four hour period and I, I pictured that people would just come in and leave mm-hmm. but families came in and they stayed for four hours just enjoying seeing wow. um, their kids having a having a fun and having a great time and then when it was time to wrap up and clean up man they owned the building you know they they knew that that was their place and Mm -hmm. so they were doing all the things you know that we needed to do and more and we've we've just found that to be the case that just the generosity and the the care and um, love for life you know that is represented both in the african-american community and the latinx community um so just fun and fun environment that they create mm-hmm. and yep. and just people that are really um willing to give of themselves and just unselfish and unrestricted in that you know when they when they realize that you care about them that just what you get in return is amazing yep. and um just so many super talented wonderful people so we're there's nowhere else i would want to be than getting to um have relationship with the people that we're getting to have here. That's great. It really, it really sounds like a, a sort of what doesn't kill you makes you stronger type of thing. And, and yeah. they are just so yeah. resilient and it's really incredible to see. Um, working at the Dream Center, I, I've had an amazing experience, um, as you know, and two of the, the strategies and interventions that I've, I've noticed specifically are active listening skills and clarification skills, which are specifically important when dealing with kids. Um, do you think these skills right. are important and and how have you seen them um, being utilized at the Dream Center, active listening and clarification skills? Uh, absolutely. I think everybody wants to know that they're they're heard, they're seen and they're heard, mm-hmm. that somebody understands where they're coming from. And I think too, just coming to know that maybe some of the, our kids or students are have a different environment than we might have been grown than I might have grown up in or that you might have grown up in or maybe have had some different experiences and just trying to um, re-listen and, and understand uh, as much as we can instead of making preconceived um, thoughts or judgments about somebody but just to really give everybody the for the doubt I, I kind of our philosophy is really to meet people where they are and it's my hope that we can take you somewhere better you know um so I want them to know that wherever they are I mean they're welcome in this in this building they're welcome programs and we're gonna care about you and um and and help you and and think the best of you you know uh, I think another thing that I really see in a lot of our students especially is just ingenuity too that mm-hmm. you know maybe um, one of our young ladies that uh, has been with us a long time and she can make 
such incredible clothes that she, um, you know, finds somewhere and she does alterations to them. And she always looks like she spent so much money on what she has. And most of it are things that were her idea and that she altered something Wow! Uh, to yeah. do that. And we have students that have businesses, you know, that um, one of the girls just did research on how to fix phones. And so now she has a business on fixing phones and she gets the sin and she does the work, you know, just so many people that um, what might have discouraged, you know, one person uh, for another, it just fueled them, fueled their fire even more to find another way, you know, to not give up and yeah. to be able to. And, and I think um, that that's a big part of what we get to do is just to be be the one of the voices in their life that's that's seeing the amazing them and that can just um, encourage that and do the, do the best that we can to come alongside of them. We've talked a lot about um, getting the clients at the Dream Center, specifically kids, to, to realize their vision and be able to, to see that and start working towards it. Um, but let's talk about your vision. What, would the, what do you think the world would look like if the Dream Center could meet all of its goals? If the perfect place, if the Dream Center did not have to exist anymore, what would the, the world look like? Um, I know this is a very theoretical question, but if the Dream Center did not have to exist anymore, what would the world look like? Um, to be able to just go deeper into individual aspects and to be able to see maybe people that have grown up through the Dream Center here, through our programs that um, actors and dancers and athletes and artists and businessmen and social workers and mm -hmm. every kind of person to be able to give back and have an opportunity just to see that continue. Um, and it could look like all different um, places and all different opportunities. Um, and I think it would be an ever-growing thing because yeah. I don't think we could ever come to the end of, oh, well, we've done everything yeah. because there's always going to be so much more. And, you know, when you when maybe when you first get to meet someone it's it's helping through a meal or helping to provide some kind of assistance but then later now they can start to work on one of their dreams and then later yeah. when they have something that they're passionate about they can then share that with someone else and i think that that just continues to multiply and you know yeah. people you just find people along those paths um but it's not one person or it's not even a handful of who may have started it, but it's people that yep. um, their life has been changed and then they, they have the opportunity to do what they love and to help um, allow other people to find that too. I think it's kind of like, a, you know, when you get to light a candle and then that candle goes mm -hmm. and lights 10 other candles yep. and then all 10 of those candles go and light another 100 candles, you know. Yep. Um, that's that's what can happen. It's is exponential. That, mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, that's why I, I love to say, I hope someday that we're in every, at what's currently every empty warehouse kind of building mm -hmm. in East Burlington, that someday that could be something associated with the Dream Center. You know, somebody that has a dream to have a, a gym for cheerleading and somebody that has a dream to have a community theater and somebody that has a dream to have you know, a full-on soccer 
mm-hmm. everything, you know, several fields and all of that. But I think that's just, you know, just seeing all of those things um, come about because someone was encouraged and then someone else was yep. someone with the resources. Um, sometimes the people with the resources may not have the ideas and sometimes the people with the ideas might not have the resources. But if we can help them to get together and just see those things continue, um, you know, be, take over the county and take over the <laughs> Yeah, take over the world eventually to have people going all over, you yep. know, to be able to do these kind of things. For sure, yep. Well, that, that really is, I think you you really exemplify the, the goals and vision of the Dream Center, Lisa. And I really, really appreciate your time today. So thank you so much for coming on. Well, it's my pleasure. We appreciate you so much. And you've made a lasting impact on a whole lot of kids and students and adults too everybody that got to work with you just uh, what a blessing that you've been to us and and just left so much uh, fun and great stories to think about and great experiences <laughs> and you know you just leave you leave people smiling um, because of having a, the impact that you have on them so we want to just thank you for giving of yourself so unselfishly for all this time well thank you so much lisa but I'm sorry to say you definitely have not seen the last of me, and I will be coming back. Um, Good. (laughs) But thank you so much again, and I look forward to seeing you soon. Awesome. Hello, hello. This is Josh here again, giving you the post-game analysis. I really hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Lisa Edwards, uh, the director of the Dream Center. She's great. But I know what you're all thinking. Josh, you did not provide us with all this great information about social issues, interventions, strategies, without backing it up with evidence but no need to worry. The evidence is here. Two of the main common issues that Lisa identified uh, as issues within the client population of the Dream Center were education and unemployment. And according to the 2018 Impact Alamance's community assessment, the disparity of graduation rates between minority students and non-minority students indicates the need for more resources to assure that every student has access to resources needed to achieve their educational goals. The Latinx graduation rate in 2018 in Alamance County was 74.9%. Compared to the state average, it was an 11.6% difference. So it's obvious that education is a very large problem um, according to Impact Alamance's 2018 community assessment. Uh, According to the same assessment, Uh, Although the unemployment rate is low, 4.4%, Alamance County's average median income, which is around $48,000, is $5,000 below the state average and $12,000 below the U.S. average. So although people are employed, they're not making nearly enough money as people around them are, and they don't have enough to support themselves and their family. Now, moving on to the strategies and interventions we mentioned, which were active listening and clarifying, uh, in the Human Services Internship, Getting the Most Out of Your Experiences book, uh, the author Pamela Kaiser does a great job at highlighting the many different effective strategies and interventions used by human, per- human service professionals. The first strategy we mentioned in the interview was active listening. Active listening is one of the most fundamental strategies for intervention and it is essential for the client to be able to feel validated, heard, and listened to just like Lisa said earlier. This includes the nonverbal aspects such as nodding and leaning in closer and body language as well as the verbal aspects such as paraphrasing and minimal verbal responses. Our second strategy we looked at was clarifying. 
When a client explains their situation to you, it is essential to be able to understand and interpret everything the client is saying, or else you will not be able to effectively help them. With a language barrier of many clients speaking only Spanish, this is even more important to clarify and repeat what the client said back to them. Clarifying a certain detail can sometimes be the deciding factor in whether someone feels validated or not by sharing especially when words have different meanings after being translated from different languages. And that about wraps up episode two for Is It Still Called Social Work If You're Having Fun? Thanks everyone for listening and tune in next week.